And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. Heather Olson has been type 1 diabetic since March 23, 2006. She graduated from Grand Valley State University in 2019 with a degree in health communications and nonprofit administration. Dedicated to supporting and empowering people living with type 1 diabetes, Heather is the founder and board president of My Life and Numbers. Numbers never lie. They tell numerical stories, and when it comes to type 1 diabetes, the stories told by numbers change every day and sometimes every hour. So, Heather, for those unfamiliar with type 1 diabetes, please tell your story and why numbers are such a vital part of your life. So, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was seven. I was just about to be eight. It was like two weeks before my birthday and I had not been feeling good. Um, and we thought that I had the flu. And so my mom ends up taking me to the ER and she's like, you know, something's not right. Um, pretty much they end up telling me your daughter's, or told my mom, your daughter's in a diabetic coma. Um, and then they were like, you need to be rushed to like the pediatric hospital Bronson up in Kalamazoo, um, which was like an hour away. So they took me by ambulance and they were like, we need to get her there and like get her the best resources. Um, so it was a really scary time for myself and my family and especially like transitioning to a whole new lifestyle. Um, and I pretty much, I had to learn how to count carbs and, uh, give myself insulin by like doing shots, um, checking my blood sugar and pretty much just like adjusting to a whole new lifestyle. And I feel like this was like a huge thing for me too, because I was a very active child. So I would be outside. Um, I played softball at the time, I played volleyball growing up, um, dance classes, so it always meant like I had to be one step ahead and be prepared for anything and everything. So like always having the low snacks on you, having extra like pump sites or, you know, just preparing for anything at any time pretty much. So um, yeah, but luckily for like when I was diagnosed, I really had a great support system from my family. Um, and the school nurse at our school was diabetic. Um, and so I also got a lot of support from her. And so she kind of like showed me the pump and different things like that. And so we actually had the same pump. So, um, that way, like we could bond over it. And if I had questions and things like that. So it was just nice to talk to her because she knew what it felt like to be in my shoes. So I knew that she knew everything that I was feeling, all the emotions, the roller coaster, everything like that. So. Um, that's a little bit about my story. And then, you know, just a little bit about numbers. I feel like everything in a diabetic's life is like judged by your numbers. So your normal person will go down and like sit to eat dinner and they will be like, oh, I'm having um, like spaghetti with meatballs and they just eat their dinner versus like diabetics where we're like, What's our blood sugar at right now? How many carbs am I eating? How much insulin will I have to take? Um, what am I doing later 
to be like, you know, do I need less insulin? Do I need more insulin? Am I going to be working out? So all of these numbers just go into your life. And, you know, we're kind of like judged by our numbers because, you know, they take our average blood sugar over three months with three months, which is like your A1C. So we're pretty much judged like based on your blood sugars and things like that. And I feel like sometimes it's not like, how are you doing? How, like what's going on in your life? Like we're judged by those numbers, but not as much like the emotions that come with it. So, um, but the numbers do help us, especially with the doctors being like, you know, you're struggling in this area at this time, you know, you're doing a great job at your carb counting or doing this. So I feel like numbers are just a huge part of a diabetic's life. It, there's so much that comes with it. So. Yeah. Wow. And so it's really interesting. The fact that you say, you know, that it's, it's not, Oh, how are you feeling today? It's like, what is this level at? What is that level at? And, um, to be, make those references to your well-being based not on how you're feeling, but how, how your, how your numbers are coming in. Yeah. Um, I can see how that would be a bit frustrating. Um, yeah. You know, so while your life, you know, is, is so much more than, than these numbers, the numerical values to your point have, I mean, you have to be mindful of those and they are such a big part of your life. How do you create that balance then between maintaining your life and living your life, like the maintenance of it and the living of it? How do you create that balance? So you don't just get stuck in number land all the time. Yeah, honestly. Um, so I feel like this is something every diabetic struggles with. So it's hard not wanting to be consumed by like being perfect with diabetes all of the time, especially because each day I feel like it's something new. So like some, I could, I could have like the same meal every single day for like three days and I would get different results each day. And I think one thing that's really hard about diabetes is that like, sometimes you do two plus two is four and it's like, yep, good. We got everything covered today. And then sometimes it's like, yeah, I did everything I was supposed to do and it's still not adding up. So, um, there's just a lot that comes with it. And there's a lot that affects your blood sugars. Um, you know, just your daily lifestyle, stress, hormones, working out your diet, and there's so much more. And so I think one thing that has helped me, um, with kind of balancing everything is to just like tell myself it's okay to not be perfect. Like give myself the grace and knowing that things happen and you have to just kind of roll with it. Like if you dwell on those little aspects of everything, it's just gonna like pretty much consume your life and it's gonna take everything over. So I feel like you have to give yourself grace where it's needed and you know, the hard days that you have, learn from those hard days and it will help you to understand like how to do better and have a better lifestyle. Um, but those hard days also make you appreciate the good days too and makes you feel like I'm not doing everything wrong and it's okay to have bad days. It's great to have good days, but it's all about balancing like a healthy lifestyle for you and like what works for best, what works best for you and your lifestyle. So. Um, I would also just say like not letting it stop you from doing anything. So mm -hmm. um, as I was telling you, I, I do like to travel and there's just a lot that comes with traveling and diabetes. So it's just also very hard because that's like one of my passions and with traveling, there's just a lot that comes with it. So 
it's hard in the Air Force because you have your pump and, you know, they say your insulin can't go through the machines. And if, you know, sometimes your insulin can get wonky from traveling. So that affects your blood sugars. Um, and especially like on the trip, you know, eating new foods. Uh, the time difference is a huge one, breaking your normal schedule. So for me with my diabetes, if I'm like following my normal routine, um, it helps me to like kind of be on track. But when you're traveling, it's like a whole new thing. Like you might not eat breakfast until 10 o'clock or different things like that. So that has a huge um, impact as well. And then also just like when I was in Utah, there was a big elevation change and that's something I've never experienced. So I had reached out to one of my diabetic friends and I'm like, what do I do? But I feel like while I'm traveling, I am just giving myself like more grace and being patient with myself because I know there's going to be bumps in the road, but I also like want to go and live my life and do what makes me happy and make the most of that same trip. So I feel like just being patient and you know, understanding that things happen and you don't have to be perfect with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, and I love that word, grace, giving yourself that grace when required, yeah. right? Um, you know, so in looking at numbers, let's talk uh, numbers like this. 1.45 million Americans are living with type 1 diabetes. And in fact, 64,000 people are diagnosed each year in the United States. So it seems like there should be a lot being done everywhere for everyone with this disease but that's not the case so here enters my life in numbers heather what is the organization you founded working to do pretty much my life in numbers our mission is to support and empower people living with type 1 diabetes so um we want to be a community for people to turn to and have these resources and different things that people can access. So like I had kind of mentioned priorly, mm -hmm. um, there's just a lot that comes with a new diagnosis and surrounding yourself with people who knows who know like what it feels like to be in those shoes is a huge part of, you know, having a little bit of normalcy in your life. So I started the nonprofit to have a community and um, be that resource here in Southwest Michigan, because like you had mentioned, there's not very many resources. And with the large amount of people being diagnosed, it's a huge need in our community. So um, our organization, we have an advocate program for newly diagnosed diabetics and their families. So pretty much they are just like a support system and they kind of meet monthly and just do different things each month and get together and just have someone to talk to and we do this for the newly diagnosed diabetic but also their parents and family as well because i know personally it would it would have been amazing to have someone to talk to and share my story and be like are you struggling with this because i feel crazy for struggling with this but it's all normal and it's all part of the process but also giving the support to the parents as well because it's a lot on the parents and especially you know kids that are younger kids that are teenagers um it's just nice for the parents to have have someone to talk to as well so i think it's just great to have the extra support during this new transition um so that is our advocate program and then we also um have a monthly empowerment group and pretty much that's just kind of like an open place for people to get on and talk about any struggles or successes and just like a safe place to be like, hey, this is what's going on. And like, 
we're rooting you on, we're supporting you in those times. So it's just like a very nice place to be like, this is what I need and this is where I can go and for people to have access to that. So we do that. And then we also host a monthly um, event in the community. So each month, it's just kind of like a fun event for diabetics to get out and meet each other. Um, so some different things that we do, we did a healthy cooking class. Uh, we did a trivia night. We're going to a pumpkin patch. So there's just lots of different things. And it's a good um, option for people because some people may not want to get on and be like, I'm struggling with this, but they're like, I want to meet, I want to meet other people who are in the same shoes yeah. as me. And so it's great to have a variety of options for people to talk to and you know, utilize those resources. So that is also huge for us. And then we are, um, we're paired with licensed therapists. So we, um, cause mental health is huge with diabetes and, you know, there's so much more that comes with it. And especially like we had talked about, there's good days, there's bad days, but just those people that need extra resources, uh, we do provide counseling through a firm. And so pretty much, um, we want everyone to have access and take care of their mental health and everything. So we help cover the cost of those counseling services. That way everyone has access to the resources that they need. And, you know, they can be taken care of physically and mentally because there's so much that comes with it. And I feel like that's not talked about enough. So um, we do that. And then the other things that we do. So I meet with kids in the local school systems and just like provide extra support. So just check in with them and, mm -hmm. you know, just like how school going, especially a lot of the newly diagnosed ones or even someone that's been diabetic for eight years. And it's just like, I want someone to talk to, but I can't come to these events. It's just another option for people right. to meet diabetics. Um, another major thing that our organization is like working on doing is just raising awareness about type one diabetes, because um, I had talked with my doctor and we said, diabetes is kind of like the silent disease. Like no one really knows that you have it unless you have something on your arm or like something visible. And so just raising awareness of everything that we go through, we wanna help even more people in 2023. So we're just trying to extend our resources and um, reach as many people as we can, so. That's awesome. That's awesome. So education, advocacy, and to your point on what you just said, just building a community yeah. um, for people, so. Um, you know, so you've been living with type 1 diabetes for 16 years now. What was the hardest part when you were first diagnosed as a child? And what is the hardest part now as an adult? So there is a lot that comes with diabetes. So I think the hardest part when I was first diagnosed was, you know, just feeling different and feeling alone in my diagnosis. And I feel like when I was younger, so I was in second grade, I felt like there was so much more that I had to do as a child versus these other kids. And I had to be pulled from class to go get low blood sugar snacks or, you know, I just had to take care of more stuff than anyone else my age. And I feel like I had to be more responsible, whereas other kids didn't have to worry about their health like I had to. So it was definitely hard. And I think another thing that I really struggled with was when I was in public and I had to do an insulin shot or um, even just wearing like my pump or something to the beach, people would stare. And it's really hard because it's like, it's something you can't control. 
And it just made me feel really insecure. And it, it took a lot of time to be like, this is who I am. I can't control this and I'm going to embrace what I have. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it's hard because I would have loved going back to like the having someone there. I would have loved to have an advocate like my program offers, um, just having someone to talk to about everything I was feeling. And I luckily found someone when I was in college that I was like, Hey, this is, and we just bounced off of each other and we were like, this is great to have this support. And then I was like, we need this in our community. We've never had this and we need this. So, mm -hmm. um, that's kind of what inspired me to make a change. So I would say the thing that is like the hardest now is just pretty much like being hard on myself. So after having diabetes for 16 years, it's hard because not everything always goes to plan. And it's hard because you want to be perfect and you want to have like these things, but understanding that it's never going to go like according to the plan. And I need to like embrace not having the control all the time and just, you know, doing the best that I can each day. So I'm very hard on myself and I need to, like I had said, give myself the grace, mm -hmm. especially after 16 years of, you know, living with it every day. So mm -hmm. I think that's, that's definitely the hardest thing now for me. It seems like, yeah, with diabetes, you, you really have to be with type one, you really have to be sort of an, an improv artist always, right? Like you're yeah. always like having to adjust uh, to the moment, to the numbers. And, exactly. Um, but there again, that word, do it with grace, right? Exactly. Um, you know, so for those, let's let's close out this way. For those who are living with an incurable disease, which at this point in time, type one, it is, um, on the days that seem like it's just all too much, what advice do you have? My advice would be to make the most out of your situation. So you can't control the cards you're given, but you can control the outlook that you have on everything. So, and I think having the positive outlook will help you see things through a different lens. So I took my diagnosis as a gift to help other people and show them that diabetes doesn't make you different and to value each moment that you have each day. Um, because if you only focus on the negative, it's just going to consume your life. And then, you know, I feel like it just takes you down a dark path. And so, I think just being present in each moment and, you know, giving yourself the grace. Exactly. Once again, you know, um, you got to take the good with the bad and, you know, take each moment as a learning lesson to make your life better. And, you know, see the, always see the good in everything, because I feel like when you do that, you have a better outlook and then it ultimately like affects your health positively. And just having that good mindset, I feel like really makes a whole difference in, the cards that you were giving and making the most out of every moment. So I think that that is just a huge thing for anyone in that type of situation. And also just um, surrounding yourself with people who know what it feels like and having a good support system, because I know I've struggled with things and having people around me to like pick me back up when I'm down, when I can't pick myself back up is a huge part of that journey as well. So I would say those two things are definitely something that would help you on those hard days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough uh, for sharing your story, Heather, and for the work that you're doing 
the work that to your point is so needed right now and i love how you say you know you can't uh you can't control the cards that you're dealt but you can control how you play them and the way you're playing the cards that you've got um thank you so much thank you good work and thank you for helping all of us become a bit more aware now yes thank you so much for having me i appreciate it thank you Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are Aware Now.